somebody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderbergh. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're Q&A. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting. Hey everybody, I'm Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. He's John Luckenbaugh, a.k.a. John. John, how are you? I'm doing well, Jay. Good morning, how you doing? Maybe I should start calling you Lucky, or, I've, or, I've been... or give you some sort of nickname. If I'm Pod Vader, uh, should you be like Ahsoka John, <laughs> my Padwan? <laughs> I like that. No, we're not going to call you Ahsoka John. That's terrible. They'd call you Obi-Wan Janobi. We can play with that another time. But uh, we are here with you folks every week talking about the business and tech of podcasting. So be sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss any of our episodes. Our last episode was all about hosting and sort of leads to what we're going to be talking about in this week's episode because sometimes we'll touch upon topics that require a lot of information and there are some loose ends to tie up and that happens to be the case this week. So this week's episode is all about tying up loose ends. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about podcast hosting sites. John's going to dive back into pod fading and uh, it is a new month. If you haven't noticed, uh, you might've changed your calendar. It says December now. Uh, So we're going to go through all of the monthly numbers from the Apple Podcasts app, thanks to mypodcastreviews.com and the work that Daniel J. Lewis does. We'll also talk about how the Apple Podcast submission holiday schedule may affect uh, when you want to launch a new podcast. January 1st, if you, if, you, if you flip the calendar, John, the next month says January, and it does say 2021, right? I know a lot of people have been looking forward to 2020 being over with. Uh, I don't know if anything's going to change, though. <laughs> well, let's cross our fingers, knock on wood, that 2021 is a lot better than what 2020 provided for us. That is literally next month. A lot of podcasters might be looking to launch a new a new show, or, or maybe they've got something scheduled around that date. Understanding the Apple Podcast holiday schedule can inform you as to when you might need to have your stuff together to actually launch on the day that you want to launch on. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. John, how can people get in touch with you if they have more detailed questions that we may not necessarily get to in a particular episode? Sure. The best way is through my website, which is qd-up.com. That's qdup.com or by email, which is info at qdup.com. And you can reach me on the Twitters. I'm at the real pod Vader on Twitter. My DMs are open, so you can talk to me privately. I'm also available on LinkedIn. Nextfanup at gmail.com if you prefer email. That is the email address to my NFL podcast. If you're interested in the NFL podcast, that comes out on a weekly basis, but there are multiple episodes during the week. John, uh, we've mentioned before one of the things that we like to do is try out different recording platforms for producing this particular podcast so that we can give you an honest look and you can hear the differences in every episode, depending on the recording platform that we're using. Today, we're using one that I've used for a number of years, and that is uberconference.com. 
one of the things I like most about uberconference.com, the biggest thing that I like most about it, it's free. If it's free, it's for me, John. Uh, yeah. I'm a, it's an old radio line and I'm going to use it here. But Uber Conference is free. The one thing to know is it's it was developed with conferencing, business conferencing in mind. It's not built for podcasters. The tools on here are not for podcasters. So the final recording, while it is a super awesome recording, 48K MP3, so you're going to get super high quality recording out of that, it is a mixed channel. So you do not get separate tracks for the number of people that are on here. The free offering does allow up to 10 connections. So if you're doing roundtables with guests, you can do that. It does now offer a video function so that you can see uh, the people in your conference, if that's something that's important to you. Obviously, you can turn off the video. That will help with your bandwidth. I actually ended up having difficulty connecting my camera on this particular recording. So I was able to see John, but John was not able to see me. He got to look at the lovely Coke Zero can that says Superfan. Superfan can. (laughs) I've been using Uber Conference for five years now for my other podcast, Next Fan Up which features the super fans, thus the soda can that said super fan. I thought that was really nice. Anyway, the other thing about Uber conferences is it offers you options. So your guest can connect to you the exact same way you connect to Uber conference, a USB connected microphone to your laptop or computer, whatever, which will provide you with the highest quality in terms of audio quality. They also have an app, which you can download on any of your smartphones. Uh, that provides you with what I like to call the Skype audio quality. Uh, so it's a it it's still it's still pretty good, but it you're gonna hear a little digitization. That's the best way that I can describe that sound. So it's a little less than what I would call studio quality. The third option is if you run into someone who is completely technically inept, uh, they don't have a computer, they're old school, all they own is a phone, they actually can call in. So they can call you and, and conference in with you and you can record the phone conversation in that, in that manner. So that's really nice. If you upgrade to the business plan, you can actually call out to your guests versus them calling into you, which might be necessary. And obviously, if you upgrade, it adds more connections. You can connect over 100 or more people to your conference. Again, Uber Conference was built and intended for business conferencing. But we as podcasters can utilize the same platform for our use. I don't have a problem with a mixed track. I am not what you would call an audio snob. John being a production man who has a production house that is his work is very much an audio snob. So does prefer to have the best audio quality. Multiple tracks allows you a lot more versatility in the editing. Uh, So for instance, if there was a garbage truck, which you may or may not hear during the course of this podcast in the background while I'm recording, or if my kids started fighting in the background while we're recording, unless my mic was muted while John was talking, that's something that we can't edit out. But while John is talking, all I need to do is mute my mic and none of that sound will bleed through. But if I had multiple tracks, I don't need to worry about muting my mic. John would be able to edit out all of that extraneous sound on the other end. Now, there's a shortcut that we have for this also, Jay, in that we're actually doing a a backup recording as well, just in case there's something that we can't mute out and it's terrible quality. We did record a backup so that that would be the case. 
So you may not hear the garbage truck. Depends on how much John really wants to put into the editing of this podcast. <laughs> so there you go. We're using uberconference.com today. I, like I said, I recommend it, especially if you're a new podcaster. It's super easy to use uh, and it's super easy for your guests to learn and use. Uh, I was able to just copy and paste the information for John to jump in, but it offers you the ability to email your guests so that it sends them an email, tells them exactly what they need to do to connect to you and gives them all of the options that I just described to you. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I love Uber Conference. I do not work for Uber Conference. They do not pay me, although they should. Uh, <laughs> I love using Uber Conference. It's my unbiased take <laughs> on the Uber Conference recording app. And I'm sure John will have much different take after he has to edit all this. Uh, uh, so we'll find out next week what John's take is on Uber Conference. Yeah. In any case, we're here to talk about hosting sites. Last week's episode, John was a doozy. People loved it. But there was more stuff that happened with new stuff and some other stuff that we didn't really dive into that we can dive into a little bit more when it comes to hosting sites. Just remember, the one critical thing you need to be a successful podcaster is to have an RSS feed that is created for you for digital distribution everywhere that podcasts are heard. And that is the one thing that every hosting site will do for you. So when the question is, what is the best hosting site comes up? The answer is, well, what are your goals? How do your goals align with each of the different individual podcasting host sites? How do your goals align with their goals and what they want to do for you is the answer to what is the best hosting site. So it does take a little bit of research or it takes reaching out to a pod vader <laughs> to help you understand which of the hosting sites is going to work best with what you want to get accomplished. But one of the things we mentioned on the last podcast, John, was the hosting site Transistor, which I have had very little interaction with, but you've used quite a bit. And you mentioned yep. one of the things you liked most about Transistor was their ability to create private podcasting channels. That's correct. Yep. Since we released the last episode, <laughs> Captivate, has also had a new release, and now they too provide a wonderful private podcasting channel for your podcast at no extra fee, by the way, with their hosting plans. So Captivate is becoming perhaps a little more captivating, if you will. Huh? <laughs> See what I did there, John? That's really interesting, Jay. I really like the Captivate hosting site, so I'm interested in checking that out. I know Mark Asquith pretty well. I've met him at a number of different podcasting events, uh, and he is the uh, leader over there at Captivate. They also introduced a brand new product engineer, because I just got that email literally, literally this morning, John, Graham Nielsen. So congratulations to him. Uh, he'll be helping the Captivate team create more products for you to use on their site. It is one of those things I, I, I will add. Again, Captivate, their main goal, their mission is to help podcasters cultivate and grow their audiences. That's what they have stated as is their mission statement. That's what they want to do. Uh, and that is their differentiator. I can't believe I said the word properly, John. <laughs> <laughs> that is what differentiates them from some of the other podcasting sites. Now, a lot of the other podcasting sites will tell you, well, that's one of our goals too, but it's not your mission statement. This is literally Captivate's mission statement. So 
kudos to them. Congratulations on their new release. Hopefully things are going well there for Mark and the team at Captivate. Another interesting question came up since the release of our last podcast, and it was posed by Joseph Berman, who has also been a gentleman who's been involved in the podcasting industry for quite some time. He posted this in the podcast movement community on Facebook, which by the way, there are over 10,000 people that are a member of the podcast movement community. It's a great place to get a lot of information. One of the things you do have to note when you get involved with the Facebook communities is because there's always new people joining these groups, you will tend to get a lot of repetitive questions from newbies as they join these groups. But the conversation there is is really good. And everyone that is anyone involved in the podcasting industry is part of this particular community. Joseph asked, best podcast hosting platforms for dynamic insertion, pros, cons, customer support, anything else I'm missing. I constantly get asked which platform people should use. I usually reply that I'm not a tech guy, but looking for a better answer. Now, if you remember, John, when we discussed dynamic ad insertion, and we've been discussing dynamic ad insertion more than just with the hosting sites, but also with obviously advertising conversations that we've had over the past few weeks here on the queued up podcast on podcasting. The thing to remember about dynamic ad insertion is it is literally a system that allows you to place ads in your show that can be scheduled for a certain length of time and then removed and replaced with new ads or new messages. It doesn't necessarily have to be ads. You can also use these, these systems for content, if you will. And again, it depends on the hosting site and what their plans are and and what their platform allows. So when the question is best podcast hosting platforms for dynamic ad insertion, well, a lot of them will reply, we offer dynamic ad insertion, but it's key to remember which of these sites will align with what you need. One person replied WordPress. This is the first, first of all, I would not recommend, if you are a podcaster, I would not recommend using WordPress as your hosting site. Uh, We talked about this last week too, right, John? That's right. (laughs) You want to use a true podcast hosting site. WordPress is meant for blogs, the written word. It was not built to host an RSS feed and serve your content to all of the different podcast listening apps. Podcast hosting sites were designed specifically with that task in mind. So I would not recommend WordPress for that, nor would I recommend it for dynamic ad insertion. Uh, Megaphone comes up. Megaphone is a great hosting platform for dynamic ad insertion. They have a tool that allows you to not only dynamically insert ads that they will provide for you uh, through their sales team, but also ads that you provide uh, for yourself. Uh, So you can schedule out campaigns using their platform. Megaphone is a little bit more expensive. They do usually require you to have a huge audience. A lot of terrestrial broadcasters are using the Megaphone platform uh, specifically for this particular technology. And also remember, Megaphone was just recently acquired by Spotify. So understand all of that gets taken into account. If you're looking to use the Megaphone platform, you probably will need to be a larger broadcaster with a large audience prepared to listen to your content, especially if you're just launching new content. Podbean, I didn't realize, offers a dynamic platform as well. And they offer it uh, both with providing you with ads or using your own ads. Again, they will have a different price point 
depending on what you're looking to do. Libsyn also has dynamic ad insertion as an option, but that is at their Libsyn Pro level. So it will cost you, uh, I believe the Libsyn Pro starts at $100 a month for hosting. Understand that you probably will need a larger audience to access the dynamic ad insertion that Libsyn provides. Spreaker, which I used to work there uh, quite a few years ago. I've, I've worked specifically with the dynamic ad insertion technology, so I'm very familiar with it. It's available for podcasters of all sizes. If you want to schedule your own campaign, however, you will have to pay to uh, join their publisher plan. So understand that if you are looking to utilize the dynamic ad insertion tools for ads that you are providing, you will probably have to pay the hosting site a little bit more in hosting fees to access those tools. If you're just starting out though, and you want to, you want to benefit from dynamic ad insertion at whatever size podcast you are, whether you're an independent person who has zero audience and you're starting to build your audience and you want to get into ads right away, Spreaker is the place that you can do this right off the bat very easily. Red Circle, uh, which is the hosting site that we use for this particular podcast won't allow you into their ad community until you're at 500 downloads per week uh, with your podcast. So it will take you a little bit of time to start building up an audience, whereas Spreaker will allow you to utilize the ad insertion platform right away. You do have to start at a certain level, uh, but it's literally the first level. <laughs> you, you won't be able to access the dynamic ad insertion for free on Spreaker, but uh, even on their basic level, they give you access to the dynamic ad insertion tools so you can start monetizing your podcast immediately. Again, understand that the size of your audience may dictate how you utilize these dynamic ad insertion tools, how much access you get to utilize the dynamic ad insertion tools, but these tools are available on a number of different hosting plans and understand what your goals are and how they align with the goals of the platform that you want to use. Again, John, I would uh, I would just say uh, I would love to do a, an Ask Me Anything episode of the Queued Up podcast on podcasting sometime in the near future, but people would have to email us to do that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, so feel free, once again, to email us info at qd-up.com. That's info at queuedup.com. And we'll do an Ask Me Anything episode of this podcast in the near future. Or you can even reach out on, on any of our social channels. We'd be happy to take questions on there too. I have taken questions from Daniel J. Lewis, uh, specifically from Twitter. Uh, and I just stole that question from Joe Berman on the podcast movement community. So many different ways, like I said, to get in touch with us. We're not very hard to find. You know, a fun future episode coming up probably within about a month or so, all of the podcast hosting sites are going to release blog posts about the year in review and the numbers and, and where they're all from. And it'll be great to be able to compare and contrast where they're seeing their numbers. I heard Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee on the, the New Media Show podcast talking about this already, sort of giving a, a glimpse <laughs> into the future numbers because I believe Buzzsprout released some numbers that were slightly different than what uh, Libsyn is seeing. And what was funny is Todd revealed some of the numbers that he sees at Blueberry and how they're a little closer to what Libsyn said than what Buzzsprout said. But 
they are still different. And I think it's it's good to see the the differences in the audience. But then maybe we, the queued up podcast on podcasting, which is not affiliated with any hosting site, can take all of these numbers and and give you an even bigger look, a, a, a different reference point to see exactly where podcast listening is heading. I like that idea. Didn't they just come out and say Buzzsprout was the, the most listened? Did you see that? Buzzsprout did release something that said that they have the most active RSS feeds now through their podcast hosting. So they're now claiming they're number one over Libsyn. I will <laughs> accept it on face value for now. Mm-hmm. All right, John, I think that's all I have for an update on hosting sites. What do you have for us on pod fading? We're going to take another look at pod fading and why do podcasters give up. This time we'll go into the length of time to success and playing the long game of podcasting. The question I'm asked the most and see the most is, how can I grow my podcast audience? Do you get that a lot, Jay? I believe that's probably the number one question. <laughs> if not number one, it's number one A right after how much money can I make? <laughs> that's right. It's very satisfying when you see a steady increase in download numbers. For example, our downloads have tripled from our first to second month. That's exciting. But it's important to set some expectations. You mentioned it last time we talked about pod fading and that even a small numbers. How often do you have 100 people in a room to listen to you? Many people start a podcast only to give up a few months later because they are disappointed with their download numbers and audience engagement. For example, on Apple Podcasts, courtesy of my podcast reviews, which we'll get into that in more detail at the end of the episode, but 24% of the podcasts on Apple have only published a single episode. And only 28% of podcasts published with one episode are active. This shows the biggest hurdle is actually that first episode. Going a little further, an additional 10% haven't published more than two episodes. Half of all podcasts have five or fewer episodes published. Only 30% of the shows with five or fewer episodes published are active. As it shows, most podcasts don't last very long. So, We've surpassed that number, though, John. <laughs> we have. We have. We're above 50%. <laughs> so playing the long game to success. Of course, it's topping the podcast charts, getting featured on Apple Podcasts front page, and having sponsors lining up, right? That's, that's what success is, right, Jeff? Well, for some people, I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what success is. Maybe not. There are many ways to achieve success for your business through a podcast and most of them you don't need to top charts get featured or have a long line of sponsors personally i wouldn't really worry about download numbers the biggest factor to your audience size will be your topic and niche and we kind of see that with with our episodes coming out jay it wouldn't be fair to compare the downloads of a lifestyle entrepreneur podcast receiving 1000 downloads an episode to a podcast for a law firm targeting clients through newsworthy issues that get 500 a month. Or a podcast talking about podcasting. Exactly. <laughs> 15 years into the podcasting industry. Exactly. Another example, I have a client who regularly gets about 750 to 1,000 listens per episode. Sure, it would be great to get that higher. But here's the thing. The client closed 
three six-figure deals in under two months of us working on their podcast based almost entirely on that podcast audience and exposure they've gained through their show. All of a sudden, that 750 listeners isn't too terrible, is it? You know, I would love to close on two or three six-figure clients just based on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. So we don't need 20,000 downloads an episode. You just need to have the correct listeners, I guess. John, you hush your mouth. I would love 20,000 <laughs> listeners. Yes. Another way to look at it, Jay, is Lipson published stats this year that show that if you have more than 125 downloads in a 30-day period, that you are in the top 50% of podcasts. And if you have more than 1,000 downloads, you're in the top 20% of podcasts. And if you have more than 3,000 downloads, you're in the top 10% of all podcasts. I think those levels show that it doesn't take much to get to the, the top echelon of podcasts. Another trend of popular shows that I see, Jay, is that they tend to have deep back catalogs. How many podcasts does your next fan up have? Oh, well, we've been around for five years, so we have well over 500 podcasts to listen to. Now, in the realm of the NFL, most of those 500 podcasts are going to be pretty boring to listen to five years down the road. What we were talking about five years ago isn't relevant today. Again, on Apple, the largest segment of podcasts with available episodes are the shows with over 10 episodes. Also, there are nearly as many active podcasts with over 10 episodes as there are podcasts with one episode, both active and inactive combined. This shows that the best long-term play is to create the best content for your listeners regularly rather than worrying about those who aren't listening. The numbers will rise over time if you continue to produce quality content. So how do you measure success then? I think that's something that you need to define for yourself. Sure, exposure is awesome, but does exposure matter if the relationship with your listeners doesn't evolve past them listening to and enjoying your podcast? One example is one of my clients' goals are to keep their 60,000 global sales staff in the loop with new products, latest news of the company, or special words within the company. Another success would be a client that wants to keep all 20,000 internal staff across multiple hospitals in line with the latest happening during the COVID pandemic. Another success would be a client that is a global law firm whose goal is to be a thought leader and provide free business and legal counsel to corporate counsel startups, and CEOs. In this case of this client, their goal was to provide a ton of useful information through the podcast while moving their audience towards their service. None of their successes hinged on the amount of downloads they get, but they've all achieved success. I think it's, I think it's important to note that the number of downloads doesn't necessarily equate success for you. If it is, I mean, we're not saying that it doesn't have to be, I mean, you can 100% put down the number of total downloads is how I'm going to gauge my success. There's nothing wrong with that. It does come with a different set of factors that you have to factor in to how you're going to get to that success. If you're looking to get 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, 100,000 downloads per episode right off the bat, then the first thing I'm going to tell you is how much money do you have and how big is your megaphone? And I don't mean your hosting site. I mm. mean your marketing megaphone, because that is the only way that you're going to be able to attain those numbers right away is with a big checkbook 
and a big advertising budget. I agree. Understanding your show's metrics is also key to know how to effectively reach your audience and track your podcast's growth. Some of those are subscriptions, downloads, uh, social sharing, and conversion rates. Currently, most hosting sites, well, I can tell you all hosting sites, cannot tell you exactly how many number of subscribers you have to your podcast. However, the rule of thumb is check the total number of downloads you have to an episode within the first 24 hours. That is pretty much how you can gauge who your subscribers are. The total number of listens that you get post 24 hours are people that are most likely not subscribed to your show. Because understand, if they're subscribed, your show is automatically going to be downloaded into their listening device. They're going to get it automatically. It also means they may not listen to it immediately within that 24-hour time period. They might listen to it two or three days later, depending on what your topic is and what you're talking about. In some cases, there are people out there, <clears throat> Pod Vader, who listen to hundreds of podcasts a week <laughs> because he has a lifestyle that allows him to do so at this particular point in time and will listen to them immediately and is actively searching out new podcasts to listen to all the time. So understand who your listener is, when they're going to listen, but also to understand how many subscribers you have. It's usually those ones that are subscribed that are listening to your podcast within the first 24 hours of your show. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. The next thing would be downloads. I would also like to point out here, you and I, tend to use both of these words often. I do kind of want to define them a little bit because you mentioned downloads. Mm. Now, the the specific definition of what a download is would be someone that is listening on the Apple Podcast app, for instance. They have downloaded your podcast into their listening device to listen to when they want to. However, on Spotify, you are not downloading. You are. You're downloading chunks of the content, but it's more likely referred to as a stream, which is often why we will use the word listen instead, because the people are listening to the content. Mm -hmm. So listen and download are really interchangeable here, is what I'm trying to tell you. I did an episode with Joel Sharpton on the Always Listening podcast back in the day, and we talked about the danger of podcasting vocabulary and how even the word podcast can mean a number of different things yeah. uh, to certain people, depending on the reference that you're using. Thanks, Jay. I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a, that's a really good point. You should keep track of which episodes get more listens for a few reasons. One, you can gauge your title effectiveness. When someone decides to listen, it means your title or topic intrigued them enough to download it. This download data can give you an idea of keywords to focus on when writing your titles to get the most downloads and reach new listeners. Another reason to keep track of your downloads or listens is so that you can learn what topics your audience is most interested in. Once you know which episodes get the most listens, you can simplify your content for future episodes to please your audience. That's kind of what we were already talking about before, Jay, with figuring out what topics to use through, through keyword search and stuff. Yeah, surprisingly, the episode that we titled with Spotify in the title has gotten the most listens so far yeah. for us. By keeping track of the, your listens and downloads, you can better understand your audience. The demographic data could be available, such as your age group, location, 
how they listen, and what time they tune in. This can help you plan topics and know when and where to publish new episodes. Another way to understand your, your show's metrics are through your social sharing, which is tracking how many likes and shares your podcast gets on social media is another way to measure your audience's interest and content effectiveness. Your listeners sharing posts will give you the opportunity to reach new audiences, build your brand, and better understand what your current audience finds valuable. And we can see that on our post that we put out for the podcast. It's important to note that the audience sharing on social media does not necessarily equate to a one-on-one comparison to your downloads. Another metric you can use is conversion rates. Now, for podcasting, it's hard to click on anything and to get a conversion or to track conversions that way. But you can get conversions by inviting other podcasts on your show as guests. This would allow you to reach new audiences. Inviting guests is also a great way to build relationships with influencers, experts, and potential clients or partners. Yeah. And that's, again, why I bring up social media sharing does not necessarily equate to a one-on-one comparison with your downloads. It all starts with the plan, Jay. With podcasts being very intimate, shows develop relationships over time across many listening hours. That's why the core theme to most successful podcasts are that they've been built through loyalty, trust, and an ongoing relationship. And you also need to have some objective measures for success that you've laid out before publishing your first episode. Look at all the shows that have pod faded because they didn't lay out a clear framework for success. If any of our listeners have started a podcast for a brand or a business, we'd love to hear how you determine success or failure for your show. What targets did you have in place? Was it monetary, listener-based? Send us a message or email, and we'll look forward to hearing from you. At the end of the day, what we are saying is time and patience uh, is something that is necessary when it comes to podcasting and how to judge a success. Now, you can have some overnight success, but you've probably done so in a way that has been manipulated so that it can occur, which is a big pocketbook in advertising. That's the one way that I have seen immediate success work for someone. The other way is just having a huge built-in audience already. That's why a lot of celebrities are getting into podcasting. That's why a lot of celebrities are being hired by podcast content creation companies to create new podcasts because they come with a big built-in audience ready to go. That big built-in audience can help drive your initial listening numbers right off the bat. Is it that time? John, let's get into the uh, Apple stats for November, right? Yeah, yeah. Although I I was really asking if it was about that time to bring forth the rhythm and the rhyme, but we can talk about the (laughs) Apple podcast stats too. Actually, before we jump into the, the numbers for November, one of the things we wanted to make note about Apple is their holiday schedule break. Understand that they usually take about 10 days off around the Thanksgiving holiday and another 10 days off between. Christmas and New Year's. So with these breaks that they take, there can be a delay in your podcast submission to the Apple Podcast app. Now, why is that important? Well, if you have a specific date in mind, uh, it can take up to five business days for your podcast to be approved on the Apple Podcasting platform. With these delays, it could take upwards to two weeks uh, before your podcast actually gets accepted into the Apple Podcast app. 
if you're launching your podcast and you're relying on most of your audience to come through Apple, as has been the case, as stated by many of these podcasting hosting sites, most of the listening to podcasting is still coming through the Apple Podcast app, then you may want to wait (laughs) until your podcast is approved before you actually announce a launch date for your podcast. This is oftentimes why when I'm consulting with clients, John, I recommend them creating what I call episode zero, Mm. or which is essentially just a promotion for their podcast, letting people know this is what you're planning on doing. This is what people can expect. And it's essentially like a, a a promo, an ad for your podcast. You can create that and launch it as your episode zero or a trailer. Uh, which is now something that Apple has made available and Spotify as well. And that can be what you use to create your channel on the Apple podcast app. And then once that channel has been created, you can launch your podcast at any point and can announce that launch date at any point. But if your launch date is sometime scheduled here for the month of December or even January 1st, because, you know, a new year, a new podcast, you may need to have your stuff submitted now. And that's something that even if you did put up a episode zero or, or a placeholder, once you launch and you have your first episode on, once you have your first episode published, you can go back and, and remove that trailer or the promo that you, that you put a, up in the first place, correct? That's right. You can change that trailer at any point. You can take the trailer down altogether if you, if you don't even want the trailer. All you're doing is creating a piece of audio so that your channel gets created on the Apple Podcast app. You might want to keep that in mind as we start going through some of the numbers for the month of November. John, as of the recording of this podcast, the Apple Podcast app now contains 1,679,289 total valid podcasts. Uh, valid podcasts as defined on mypodcastreviews.com, uh, which is a service provided by Daniel J. Lewis, that is defined as available in Apple Podcasts with downloadable episodes regardless of age or active status. There have been many more podcasts and many more episodes, but they are not all still available through valid feeds due to feed episode limits. This is also not the number of active podcasts. That's something completely different, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. But uh, when you asked me before how many episodes are available of the next fan up podcast, Apple only allows like 250, I believe, that you can actually see on the Apple podcast app. But as I mentioned, my podcast has been around for five years and we have well over 500 podcasts at this particular point in time. So there are many more episodes of our podcast that you can listen to. Again, don't know why you'd want to listen to our breakdown, our preview of week. 12 in the NFL in the year (laughs) 2018 or 2015 even, but sure, go ahead. Uh, I'm sure it was a great episode. What that's showing, Jay, is right now we have 41,710,260 episodes available. So that wouldn't even include your first 250 episodes, correct? Uh, That is correct. There's a lot more podcast and even what this shows but even this number is huge you can see the line of growth from december of last year to where we are now you can see that the line 
while it is slanted, is definitely looking like it's trying to stand up quite yeah. a bit, especially over these last couple months. Last December, we had just above 800,000 podcasts. So we more than doubled podcasts in the last year. And a lot of that growth was thanks to COVID-19. So if you want to give COVID-19 any sort of positive love, and I mean, really, why would you? But if you did, you could say, thank you for all the new podcasts I get to listen to. In the last 30 days, there have been 102,595 podcasts added to the Apple Podcast Listening app. That's quite a few. And as I look at the chart for the month of November and look at the number of releases, there have been more podcasts released per day in the last week or two weeks than there were in the previous three weeks of November. Aren't they supposed to be on holiday break? Glad you bring that up, John, (laughs) (laughs) because that is exactly right. As we just mentioned, Apple is on holiday break. So if there are more podcasts being added during this time, the only place or one of the only places that I'm aware of that can go through the Apple submission process without having to go through the Apple submission process is Anchor. Hmm. Uh, So a lot of these new episodes must be coming from the Anchor platform. So I wonder how many of these new podcasts from the Anchor platform are going to Podfade. Hmm. I believe that's in your realm of expertise, (laughs) my friend. That's something to keep an eye on here. I will also note that I think November is the month that had the least amount of removals. Uh, out of any previous month this year. Yeah, it doesn't look like uh, any very big spikes in them, just at the beginning of November there. But in the last 30 days, it's only been 4,186 that have been removed. Yeah, that's something to take note of. Quite a number were removed over the previous few months, Uh, basically from June through October, at least 10,000 or more episodes were removed. Uh, during each of those months. John, why don't you uh, tell us about the active versus inactive podcasts? The inactive podcasts right now are at 58% of the of the total podcasts, or 981,927. And there are 41% active podcasts, which is 697,362. How does Daniel define active versus inactive podcasts? An active podcast is a podcast that has published at least one episode in the last 90 days. And inactive as any podcast that has not published an episode in that same time. Hmm. You had said earlier that the number of active and inactive podcasts, that, that percentage is quite stark for podcasts that have only one episode. Yeah, it was a... 24% of the podcasts on Apple have only published a single episode, and only 28% of podcasts published with one episode are active. Mm. That is a stark reality, my friend. <laughs> the other thing I pointed out, Jay, which, I mean, I, I said this earlier, but I thought it was interesting, was if you look at the 10-plus episodes, the amount of active 10-plus episodes are almost identical to the number of one episode, both active and inactive. Mm, That's also (laughs) 
a stark reality of all of these episodes being added to the Apple Podcast app. This is why I say having a deep pocketbook and a large megaphone will help you out if your total number of downloads is important to you. Any of the other information uh, provided here of interest to you, John? Yeah, we can dive into the podcast by episode recency. There's been 242,400 podcast episodes that have been released in the last seven days compared to podcasts that have released an episode from three months to a year ago totals 552,294. Again, that's the highest percentage is, is podcasts that haven't published in the last three to 12 months. Again, it's another one of those things that's a stark reality of the noise that you do have to break through uh, as people are looking for new podcasts to listen to. Having a set time, a set day and time that your audience can expect your podcast to be released becomes that much more important. Getting them into the habit of listening to your podcast at certain days and times becomes super important to start training your audience so that they can easily share that information with other potential new listeners. And just to continue putting out really good content, that's the way to not pod fade. Well, John, I know that we have a lot of great future content coming up. I know that we are going to break our format from time to time. We're going to start bringing some guests onto the queued up podcast on podcasting so that they can share some of their insights into some of the topics uh, in the world of podcasting. I'm already looking ahead at some of our future topics. We already teased a future topic of comparing notes of the podcast hosting sites when they release uh, their end of the year numbers on where people are listening to podcasts, how long they're listening and all of that wonderful stuff. We keep our ear to the ground for you so that you don't have to. All right, John. So if people have more questions about what you do or questions that uh, that you talked about on the podcast, uh, where can they find you? Reach out through the website, which is queuedup.com, qd-up.com, or through email info at queuedup.com, through any of our social channels, or even on LinkedIn. I'm available on there. That's a great way to send us questions for our Ask Me Anything future episode uh, yes. that I'm really hoping that we get to do in the very near future. You can reach me at the real Pod Vader on Twitter. My DMs are open there. You can also reach me on LinkedIn. I'm Pod Vader on LinkedIn as well. If you search Pod Vader, I'm very easy to find. Uh, next fan up at gmail.com is my email address. That's also the email to my uh, other podcast that I host. So for John, I'm Pod. We tied up a few loose ends here on this episode. There you have it.